Well, who in the world would be so surprised that President Obama would call for stricter gun laws after the murders in Boulder? No one. No one would be surprised because no one is surprised. There's nothing surprising about such a thing. Nor is there anything surprising about the level of narrative that has been moved forward. Right? We have seen, of course, the attack on the Second Amendment and on lawful gun ownership. And anybody who wants to start playing the game, no, no, it's about these these assault weapons. Just by saying the word assault weapon, you're buying into the game. We see you. We know you're full of it. And when President Biden took to the microphone yesterday to say what we need is a ban on weapons. While we're still waiting for more information regarding the shooter, his motive, the weapons he used, the guns, the magazines, the weapons, the modifications that apparently have taken place to those weapons that are involved here, I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future and to urge my colleagues in the House and Senate to act. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. He didn't need to wait a second nor an hour. He already knows that there were modifications before any of that news has come out. By the way, I haven't even seen that yet. Maybe I just missed it. But he, of course, doesn't have to wait. He doesn't have to wait because this is what he believes, because this is what the political left believes. So why in the world did they wait until now? Why wasn't this a day one action tony katz tony katz today it's good to be with you facebook tony katz radio go to TonyKatz.com and subscribe follow the podcast or give us a call 833 got tony 833-468-8669 why not just go for it day one but it wasn't a day one policy now is it because you know that it's highly unpopular it's only popular with the most radical people of your base with the beto o'rourke well asylum side of your base the people who believe they can actually go door to door look we've been through these conversations whether it be Beto O'Rourke or Representative Eric Swalwell when he's not having sex with a Chinese spy but probably not because not even a Chinese spy would have sex with Eric Swalwell remember Eric Swalwell is the guy who said doesn't matter if you have guns we're the government we have nukes said said those words on Twitter still a congressman just letting you know what you can get away with and still, you know, have your job. Unless, of course, uh, it's uh, a, unless you're a Republican, in which case, no, 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 you will immediately be fired. These people don't believe in the Second Amendment. They don't believe in your ability to protect and defend yourself. They, they, they don't. They've got a hundred reasons why it's not important. But we're not surprised by the move of President Biden or by people like Senator Richard Blumenthal. Nor are we surprised that immediately after the word came forth that there were murders in Boulder, Colorado, a mass shooting, as they call it, we heard that, oh, it was a white guy. I'm sorry, what? It was a white guy. I mean, they went right to it. Right right to it immediately. Oh, it's a white guy. See, this is, this is a racial thing. See, that's the problem with, with, with whiteness. If I could whistle, it would have sounded like... Okay, I can't whistle, so that's the best I can do. Remind me never to do that on air again. Thank you. Immediately, they didn't know anything about the shooter. 
And then when it turns out this murderer is was born in Syria and is Muslim, that's when it turned to gun control. You see, they had a narrative that was about bigotry. They had a narrative that was about the problem with white people in America. Uh, you know, they would have still gone after guns, but this is what they had. There is a guy on social media who put out, because, you know, remember, Twitter is a cesspool. He put out, his name is uh, David Hoffman, at David Hoffman on, uh, on, on Twitter. I don't know David Hoffman, which is all right. Um, he's got 72,000 followers. Okay. I'll bet anyone my salary right now that the shooter in Boulder is a right-wing MAGA white male. Do you know how insane you have to be to put that out there? You have to, you're out of your head. It is, it is Trump hate so extreme. And yet it says nothing. This is part of the problem with social media. This didn't do anything. Nobody is better off. Nobody is worse off. Nobody is safer. Nobody's in more danger. This is just a guy by the name of David Hoffman who was a putz before he tweeted this and a putz after he tweeted this. I'll bet anyone my salary right now that the shooter in Boulder is a right-wing MAGA white male. Andy No responded, can I suggest that you donate your salary to a charity? Somebody else said you can donate your salary to the victims. I think that's appropriate. They were desperate, desperate for it to be racial. And also, in this case, to throw a little Trump hate in there. Why wait for information when you can just utilize it to show how woke you are and get yourself some of what I refer to as reputation capital? Don't the facts matter? And the answer is no. They don't matter. As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter if you said one thing yesterday and another thing today. Let me give you an example. Representative Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite. We know this for a fact based on the words that she has used, and the Democratic Party has refused to call her out for it and say this isn't acceptable. When the moment came for them to pass a resolution opposing uh, anti-Semitism, they made it to oppose hate. They let her off the hook. They wouldn't call her out. I put forth to you that Ilhan Omar should be expelled from the House before Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, if we're going to rank these things. A man by the name of Aaron Rupar, he had shared some audio, did Aaron Rupar of uh, Vox, V-O-X, of a police officer who was talking about the murderer in Atlanta. Eight people dead, six of them Asian. They wanted to make it about uh, Asian hate. It was a hate crime. But there were a lot of places this guy could have driven to kill people who are Asian, and he went to three massage parlors because it was about sex addiction, and he thought they were tempting him. I mean, that's what happened. The local law enforcement there in Atlanta, the FBI, they both said so. So the police officer is recalling some of what this suspect said and used the term yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. So Aaron Rupar, a guy who lies for a living as I see it, he 
puts it out there like this officer is saying about this suspect, oh, he had a bad day. He had a really bad day. Now, and people ran with that, right? They ran with it. Ilhan Omar, she tweets, and, and, and in response to that, tweets out that it isn't hard to understand why it's so normalized for law enforcement to protect the humanity of white mass murderers and their willingness to continually make excuses for them. Well, wow. That's a lot of narrative right at the right at the wow, that's a, that's that's insane. Law enforcement is normalized. They're they're taught to protect the humanity of white mass murderers. Aaron Rupar manipulated the, 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 the video, right? Put it out there as a lie, if you will. When I say manipulated, just shared this part. Without the context, it took Matt Iglesias, who founded Vox, to correct Aaron Rupar. And Matt Iglesias left Vox a year ago, I think it was. So that was uh, uh, Ilhan Omar on March 17th. Yesterday... When it was learned that the murderer in Colorado was not white, Syrian-born and Muslim, she tweets out, the shooter's race or ethnicity seems front and center when they aren't white. Otherwise, it's just a mentally ill young man having a bad day. Narratives drive our responses to awful crimes committed against innocent people. Pay attention to these responses and who is targeted. Oh, we're paying attention. In both cases, you see, when it's someone's white, they're protecting their humanity. But when the, the suspect isn't white, that's when we really learn who they are. Everything is race, every which way but loose. You, you turn left, it's race. You turn right, it's race. What do you do about somebody? What do you do about somebody? How do you even combat this kind of pure, raw evil when someone makes a statement like she did? She'll say one thing one week and another thing another week, contradicting what she said the week before, and everyone acts like it's totally fine. It's not totally fine. It's horrific. And it is the best example I have of the, the, the narrative and how it's taking hold and how this is being made into this, this racial insanity that has no value, that does no good, that is a lie from beginning to end. We have absolutely no proof that what happened in Atlanta was based on race. Six people who were murdered were Asian. But we have no proof that that was the reason. The proof that we have, based on the admissions that have been given, are based on sex. We don't even know yet, because it's a two-day-old story, anything about motive. In this case in Colorado, but people before they knew anything, it was a white guy, it was a Trump supporter. And some people, they'll never get past that. They'll never actually find out who this murderer is. They'll just believe the narrative.
which is why, of course, it happens. It happens to set it in the mind and create Pavlovian response. So you stop thinking for yourself and you think what others want them, you know, what they want you to think. That's the horror here. I've got much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So Christy Nome is the governor of South Dakota, and she's responding to this flap that she quasi-created regarding the NCAA. Tony Katz, it's good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com, subscribe, and follow the podcast if you would. Of course, she wants to sign a bill that tells uh, that that says that uh, you can't have uh, this this idea of transgender sports, meaning you can't have b- men or boys who say they're girls and then competing in sports against and uh, biological actual women, actual girls can't do it. And I know people are going to yell at me on that, but uh, that, that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I'm I'm very into the science right here. Right. So she wants this legislation. And so it passed through uh, their legislature, but she's not going to sign it because she feels that this legislation is opened up to too many lawsuits. And that's what she's been told. So she wants them to revise the legislation so it will be it will have more teeth. And then uh, people are like, oh, you caved to the NCAA. And she went on with Tucker Carlson and explained her position. We shared that. And I said, look. If she tells me that she wants to make sure that the position, that the, that the law is as solid as can be to handle lawsuits, whether it be from the NCAA or others, right, I'm fine with that. But what she said in a statement was that she's going to get sued by the NCAA and they could lose games and, 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 and tourism opportunities. Well, that's, that's not a reason. What was that, Ari? So, I'm just looking it up now. South Dakota surprisingly hosts a ton of NCAA championship and regional events. Yeah, just not maybe some of the bigger sports that yeah. we, we, we talk about. But still, that's money makers. And they're all money makers. Well, just because you're going to get sued and just because that, that's not enough when you're talking about what leadership is all about. And I stand with these girls and with these women, and they have the right to compete on, on a fair playing field. I believe this. Well, now Christy Nome has put out a, a, a statement as is being um, shared by Amber Athey, who is the Washington ed- editor uh, of Spectator. And it says, she writes, Governor Christy Nome's office says in an email that she is a victim of conservative cancel culture, unquote, adds that she is not caving to the NCAA, but that, quote, the bill picked a fight with the NCAA, a fight that renowned conservative legal experts advise Governor Nome that she will lose, unquote. And she continues, quote, if conservative media would take five seconds to read past the knee-jerk headlines and actually understand Governor Nome's position, they'd come to a very different realization. Now, that second part was actually our commentary yesterday. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. I'll let her go back and redo it. There's, there's, I have no, we don't lose anything by her, by her saying we need to make sure this is more airtight. Calling yourself a victim of conservative cancel culture? Bad, bad, bad look. Bad look. I think you can say if conservative media would take five seconds to read past the knee-jerk headlines, 
right? I think that's fine because you're allowed to punch back. When you call yourself a victim, that's what people don't like. That was a mistake. So people are sharing this like, okay, this is not a good look. This is this is not good at all. And they're, and they're right. Um, they're, they're absolutely correct. This is a bad look. Don't ever, ever call yourself a victim of conservative cancel culture. Don't play that game. Get out there and say, here's what you're getting wrong. Here's what I'm doing. You know what? This is what leadership looks like. If you don't like it, kiss off. Yes, you, 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 you go right at them. Christy Nome should know better. And I think that people wanted her to know better. They were, they were hoping she knew better. This was a mistake, and I believe it's overcomable. But never, ever say you're a victim of conservative cancel culture. That's, that is not going to fly with anybody. This is Tony Katz today. It is rare that I have multiple people send me the same story and say, oh, dear God, what in the world is this? But that has happened. And because it's happened to me, I'm so very sorry. It is going to happen to you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Let's get to it. Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. It's time for the worst headline of the day. Now, this is about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Dude, this is nuts. Um, okay. What do shrimp, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and Boy Meets World have in common? One viral tweet. Follow me here. Um, there's a, uh, 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 a guy by the name of Jensen Carp. Now, I knew nothing about Jensen Carp, except Jensen Carp is married to Danielle Fischel. And for those people who are of a certain age, oh, I Danielle know. Fischel played Topanga oh. on Boy Meets World. Oh. And there is there there are very few men in America who did not have a crush on Topanga. Ah, oh, my first love. Everybody's. Everybody's. So he tweets out this photo of what looks like shrimp tails. It's Cinnamon Toast Crunch, tweets it to the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Twitter account, and it's a bag, and in it looks like there's two shrimp tails. Tails from a shrimp that have been deep fried, and in this case, covered with cinnamon and love. (laughs) Right? They're like, uh, he's like, what in the world is, uh, is this? And Cinnamon Toast Crunch responds, we're sorry to see what you found. We would like to report this to our quality team and replace the box. Can you please send us a DM to collect more details? Thank you. Uh, and he's like, all right, I'm going to send you a DM. 
But I got to tell you, I look much differently at your cereal since uh, since seeing this. And Cinnamon Toast crunches they're all over. Like, we understand. We promise you that our team will look into this and get to the bottom of it. But in the meantime, we want to do everything we can to make this right. We'll need further details to research. So they're researching it, right? They're, they're totally looking looking into it. I, I don't have good research uh, music. I, 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 I wish I did, right? But they're, they're very much looking into this. What could cause these shrimp tails to end up inside the cereal? And then it gets nuts. Right? Crazy nuts. Cinnamon Toast Crunch responds with, after further investigation, this is a serial investigation, after further investigation with our team that closely examined the image, this is the image he sent, closely examined, they say, it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended. Oh, my God. We assure you, says Cinnamon Toast Crunch, there's no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp. Dude, this doesn't... You need People hearing this are probably like, oh, okay, look at the picture and tell me that is not a shrimp tail. The picture looks exactly like a shrimp tail, and it's discolored and, and everything else. And Jensen Carp, who's already leading his best life because he's married to Daniel Fischel, says, okay, well, after further investigation with my eyes, these are cinnamon-coated shrimp tails, you weirdos. I wasn't all that mad until you now try to gaslight me. He... Is like, what in the, how can you tell me it isn't something that it is? And Twitter has chimed in and uh, is like, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's shrimp tail. Clearly, it's clearly shrimp tails. And he went through the rest of the bag and he's like, yeah, these are shrimp. As a matter of fact, he found more in the bag. And he's like, many of the squares have black marks. Some are dyed red. And yes, I ate a bowl before noticing all of this. <laughs> gross. That is gross. The press release by Cinnamon Toast Crunch, though, is my favorite part. Then it gets crazier because he's like my wife, uh, the aforementioned Daniel Fischel, who was everybody's crush, has a stronger stomach than me and checked the other bag in the family pack. This one seems taped up and also appears to include, I don't even want to say it, he writes, dental floss. What? I didn't even see that part. Dude, this is wild. Um, I, 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 I don't even know what to say. Cinnamon Toast Crunch puts this out. While we are still investigating this matter, we can say with confidence that this did not occur at our facility. What? That doesn't we, make sense. Wait a second. Follow how they're saying it, Producer Ari. We could say with confidence that this did not occur at our facility. That's, they're not saying it didn't occur. We are waiting for the consumer to send us the package to investigate further. Any consumers who notice their cereal box or bag has been tampered with, such as the clear tape that was found in this case, should contact us at 1-800-328-1144. They... T- 
You can't say, if I maybe would have trusted them if they hadn't said, nah, those aren't trip tails, that's sugar accumulation. Now, no matter what I send you, you're going to say, nah, it wasn't trip tails. You've lost all credibility. It gets crazier. What? Jensen Karp, did I mention he's married to Danielle Fischel? You did. Just to clear up some stupidity from people just learning of this nightmare, I emailed them all the box information before they even reached out to me, meaning Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yesterday, they told me they would send me an envelope to send them pieces. I said, sure, but also stop being weird. Then today, <laughs> out of nowhere, he writes, they needed a three-hour window to pick it up from my house, which I said no to because that's stupid. Then they told me to take the box to a police station like I'm the killer in seven turning myself in. Um, this is, this is just madness. We'll get, we'll follow up uh, this story. In the meanwhile, we've got the former governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker, with us. Let's talk cancel culture. That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So we talk often about cancel culture and the evil that it is, and you know that I oppose it. And even when horrible things are said about me, I don't believe in people getting fired. I don't believe in people being attacked. I believe we should notice what they say, recognize it for how wrong it is, and move on. Cancel culture doesn't allow ideas to get into the public sphere. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Uh, don't forget to go to TonyKatz.com and subscribe and follow the podcast. Over at YAF, this is Young America's Foundation, Governor Scott Walker, the former governor of Wisconsin, is moving an idea on something called the long game. And the long game to save America. The former governor, Scott Walker, joins us right now. Uh, they've written about this over at Newsweek. Uh, as you put it, we will not only win, we will win not only the battle, but also the war. So let's start with the, the basics here. How do you define cancel culture for people? What is the battle that we're actually in? And what does it take to win that war? Yeah, well, we're in. We're in not only in a battle. We're in the war for the heart and soul of our republic, and uh, the left has been at this really for decades, all the way back to Solinsky back in the 1960s. We've seen it for years in our college campuses, but it's grown into culture and increasingly into our communications with censorship from big tech. And it used to be, I, I can remember as a, a kid in college, there were left-wing professors, but at least you had a say, you could have your voice, you could speak out. What we find now in America, particularly in this last year, is not only in college, but even in high school, junior high, all the way through elementary school and throughout society, even outside of the classroom, conservatives increasingly are being intimidated. They're being led to believe their their views are radical when, when just the opposite is true. We're embracing uh, the very Main Street values of Judeo-Christian values that made this country great, the founding principles, lifting up our founders at icons, and that's what the long game's all about. It's not just winning the battle of the day, but having a game plan to win the war far into the future, because the left's doing it. we got to counter it. So you, you talk about uh, the inability to speak in the public square, and you know you may have had professors who leans left, but there could still be a conversation, as is posted on the site at YAF, uh, yaf.org. A University of Georgia science professor has banned students from using Fox News as a source. Uh, 
So you can't take articles or information that you might find at Fox News or FoxNews.com as a source. This is is part of it as you see it and as uh, YAF, Young Americans Foundation, sees it. So in this conversation of the long game, give me some pieces and some, some action steps that you're discussing with people, whether they be college students or older, about, well, how that fight actually gets engaged. Yeah, we, we've got to be engaged everywhere. I, I'm proud that Young America's Foundation has a long-time history and a reach across America. We're helping students, supporting them on over 2,000 campuses. But that's not enough. This is a prime example. 2,000 sounds pretty impressive until you realize there's over 4,000 colleges and universities, private as well as governmentally run around the country. we got to be on all 4,000. we got to be on every campus and every place not just with undergraduates, but I would say even step further, go into students who are in two-year associate degrees in our community and technical colleges, reach out to them, reach out in high school, even go into junior high and middle school, because I, I think about it personally. I was 12 in 1980 when Ronald Reagan ran for president. I know what an impact he had on me, not just as a conservative, but as an optimist. You know, those days have dramatically changed. And now, we see, I'll give you another example, it's on our website as well. We have a tip line, and uh, besides the kind of tips you mentioned with professors out of control or free speech infringements, one of them came from Iowa State, another good Midwestern example where uh, the local school district, they told us, and we looked into and exposed this, partner, the partner the district did with BLM for a BLM week of action during the beginning of Black History Month. It had little or nothing to do with black history and was rather radical indoctrination. As early as preschool and kindergartners were giving coloring pages that talked about transgender, allowing them to make their choice about whether they were a girl or a boy or somewhere in between, that is in the earliest of ages. And they're teaching our children that fathers don't necessarily have to be a part of the, the traditional family. This is the kind of radical stuff that's happening, not just in San Francisco or New York City, but right in the heartland of America. We have got to counter it. So we're starting early. We're going to not only help elementary school students, we're going to help their parents with information to counter the 1619 Project and all the things that teach you to hate America and instead go back to those traditional values that have made this country great. Talking to Scott Walker, former governor of Wisconsin, president of Young America's Foundation, a conversation about, well, how we solve this cancel culture world that we're in. But it seems like it's it's a bigger conversation. You bring up the Midwest, you know, we're, we're, we're on in Indiana, we're on in Nebraska. The, these things we, we sometimes think of, all oh, these are coastal things, but they're not. They are happening uh, right here. And the conversation you're having is is not only a cancel culture conversation, but really a conversation as we discuss 1619 Project or 1619 Project and some of these other things, uh, it's it's about a mis a purposeful misrepresentation of history. So how does, uh, whether it's it's YAF or, or how do you see it, how do you go about engaging that correction with students? Is it about you being able to get into the classroom or is it about being able to get people information that they can then bring to the classroom? It's about all the above. You know, Ronald Reagan in his farewell address 32 years ago this year warned us that we had not reinstitutionalized American patriotism, that we felt better after eight years of Ronald Reagan, but that too many parents were afraid to teach their kids to be unapologetically American. And we've seen, you know, the seeds of, of that grow in, in the wrong direction. And so when we look at it, it's going into college, high school, middle school, even elementary school. Yes, it's working with materials we can give to parents 
uh, we've been doing this for years. You know, when the left went after Christopher Columbus, we put out materials to tell the truth. Now they're going after Washington and Jefferson and heck, even Lincoln and others out there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we're putting out materials to give the parents to help even as early as elementary school. But we're also reaching out not just with college professors, but with educators, with teachers. Part of our long game plan, and people want a copy of this and get it absolutely free, yaf.org slash long game. But part of it is reaching out not only to conservative teachers, conservative educators, but just those who want to be objective. Uh, I remember years ago, my my oldest son's 26 when he was in high school, government-run high school, had a great AP government teacher who was absolutely a wonderful teacher, tried to be as objective as she could be. But the textbook that they gave her to teach out of had a chapter about how Ronald Reagan's tax cuts caused the deficits of the 80s. Totally bogus, totally untrue, not accurate at all. So, of course, I pulled off a different book, gave it to my son, and said, here's the counter to that. The tax cuts actually boosted revenues because the economy grew. It was liberals like Tip O'Neill and the others in the House that spent more than came in through those tax cuts. But this is the sort of thing we're fighting against. This was even a few years ago when my kids were in high school. Today, it's not even just a matter of disinformation. It's a matter of outright lies and intimidation. Uh, The left are the ones who are divisive as much as they talk about the right. Uh, They're the ones that if you disagree with them, you're racist, you're sexist, you're transphobic. Uh, As conservatives, we're happy warriors. We want to. We want people to live a life of freedom and opportunity. We don't care what you look like, where you come from. Uh, we, if you, particularly if you come here from abroad, if you come here legally to immigrate to America, we want you to be a part of the American dream. But we don't separate our feelings out or our, or our messages out one group versus another. We're not a part of identity politics. We want every American to succeed, and that's the message we've got to tell younger and younger to get it uh, get it out in the mass. In 10 seconds or less, sir, before I let you go, will Aaron Rodgers ever win another Super Bowl? Absolutely. The Lombardi Trophy belongs in Lambeau Field, the home of Vince Lombardi. I was asking because producer Ari is from Wisconsin, and he wanted to know. <laughs> Born and so, raised, dude. So that's, God bless that's all you. there go is. Pat, go, yes, Scott sir! Walker. Sir, an absolute pleasure. Young America's Foundation, YAF.org. Uh, you can check out the long game uh, for yourself and find out more about it. Sir, a pleasure. I'm glad you had the time. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today.